Welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCon podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing small business topics uh, concerning the 8A program. I'm John Yore. I'm a tax partner with Cherry Beckert. And today with me is Susan Mosier, their industry leader for the Government Contractor Services Group here at our firm. Um, today, we're we'll be taking a look specifically at the life cycle of an 8A company inside the SBA program. Um, thanks for joining me today, Susan. Thanks. Uh, Welcome. Happy to be here. <laughs> And we'll kind of kick the program off today. Uh, we'll repeat a few things that we've mentioned in previous podcasts just to kind of set some groundwork. So uh, to begin, we'll kind of give a quick program overview of the 8A program and then move through some of the stages uh, through the, the life cycle of, of a company that's going through the 8A program. Um, so uh, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, this the 8A program is really a, a, a very beneficial program. It, it helps small disadvantaged businesses uh, compete and do business with the federal government, kind of getting them started uh, so that they can graduate from the program and then compete for larger contracts. Um, the, the purpose of the program is to help them efficient, efficiently learn to compete and receive competitive set-aside and also sole source contracts up to $4.5 million dollars. Uh, for the goods and services, 7.5 million for manufacturing, and uh, to get them uh, started in this in this government contracting uh, industry, um, there's opportunities to pursue mentorship from experienced firms through the mentor uh, protege program, as well as to do joint ventures with other uh, government contractors. Uh, qualifications: We've talked about this also in previous podcasts, but just. Uh, briefly, um, obviously, have to be a small business to 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 be eligible for the program. Um, the the company must be owned at least 51% owned and controlled by a U.S. citizen uh, or U.S. citizens who are socially and economically disadvantaged. We go through those definitions in other podcasts. Um, there are also some financial thresholds that the owners must meet. Uh, they must have a personal net worth of 7,500,000 or less, excluding certain assets that we've talked about before. Um, have an average of gross adjusted gross income or AGI of $350,000 or less every year, and then have less than $6 million in total assets uh, minus retirement accounts. Um, so the SBA monitors and measures the progress of each uh, eligible 8A program through annual reviews. Um, as well as business planning and regular evaluations. Um, so today we're going to get started. Um, Susan, do you want to kind of get us started with the developmental stage of, of an 8A company? Yeah, sure. Happy to do that, John. So uh, as, as we've talked about in other podcasts, the SBA Business Development Program, it is a nine-year program. It is um, broken up into the development stage and the transition stage. Uh, the development stage is years one through four. The transition stage is years five through nine. Um, as we mentioned in other podcasts last year, as part of the relief efforts um, due to COVID, the SBA actually extended the SBA program, 8A program, uh, for an extra year to any current uh, program participant. So for some companies, it's a 10-year program, but the, the standard uh, time frame is is nine years. And so during the development stage, again, that's the first four years, 
um, you know, knowing what to focus on is really critical to companies' um, ability to be successful uh, in the program to maximize their opportunities, uh, but also to stay in compliance. So um, once a company is certified, as John mentioned, um, and, and we have a whole podcast that goes through all of the details on getting certified, um, it's important for companies to to really have a, a well thought out plan for how they're going to successfully grow within the 8A program. Um, a lot of the early decisions that companies make, and you know, sometimes those can be pretty lean years for companies, and a lot of times the owner is 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 also a doer and is doing wearing multiple hats and doing different things. But it's important during that time to really focus on establishing organize, the organizational infrastructure to put those those basic systems and processes in place. You want to have one of the first things that a lot of contractors need to do is to establish an acceptable accounting system. Um, the uh, accounting system, in order to compete for certain types of contracts, you have to have an accessible, acceptable accounting system. Timekeeping and expense reporting are some of the first things that companies need to do. Um, some of the other things that are done typically early on is establishing um, an effective and competitive indirect rate structure. So for companies that are new to, to the government contract world, that is a, uh, a unique way that contracts are priced. And so really understanding um, how those rates are established and put together is, is really critical. Uh, a lot of company owners have maybe worked at another government contractor and have some knowledge, but but really uh, understanding what is going to make sense for your business during that time. Um, we help a lot of companies with establishing the accounting system, uh, looking at establishing rate structures, which those those indirect rate structures, the cost structures, that's going to change over time as the business matures. Also, during the development stage, it's really important for companies to establish and track and monitor the 8A economic requirements and, and really understand the size standards. So um, again, in other podcasts, we've talked a lot about size standards. Every um, procurement, every RFP has a has a NAICS code established um, that references a size standard. So in order to compete for any small business contracts, you have to be small. And so um, the 8A program does have a number of economic requirements that must be met. Um, in addition to the size standards. And so really understanding that and establishing a process to track that is really key right from right from the start. Um, other things that are important to think about uh, in the early years is really understanding the different types of government contracts and how you manage a contract. So, you know, fixed price contracts, you really the key to fixed price contract is one, understanding the scope so you price it correctly, but then you know, looking for efficiencies as you perform that, uh, because obviously the more um, you're efficient and save money, the more profitable you're going to have. You're going to be if you have a cost type contract, um, it's a totally different incentive. You have an incentive to spend in order to, uh, uh, you know, you can't go over the estimated um, cost, but you need to uh, manage the contract totally different. If you have a time and materials contract again, um, different different situations. So it's really important for companies to understand different types of contracts that they may be um, bidding on and how they're going to effectively manage those. 
Um, another few things to, to that are important during the development stage is um, the ADA program does uh, have the unique opportunity for companies to uh, to qualify and win sole source contracts where you're not competing with other companies. Um, but it's important to understand that because you aren't competing, um, the government does have a right to see your cost build up. And so it's important to understand how you uh, effectively price those contracts, even, even in a fixed price situation. During the development stage, companies really are focusing on developing critical skills for, for costing, for proposal writing, for federal sales, marketing, business development, um, and really establishing you know, how to be competitive um, relative to who you're competing against. So initially you may be competing against just other 8A companies. Um, during that time, it's really important for companies to start looking at what are the important credentials and certifications that they want to put in place to make them um, to stand out, to, to make them better positioned for bidding, whether that's ISO certification, CMMI, uh, CMMC uh, for DOD work, um, but really looking at what are those important investments that you want to make in order to position yourself to be competitive. During the transition stage, um, you know, financing and financials are important. Once your revenue is over $2 million, you are going to need to have reviewed financial statements. Once it's over $10 million, you're going to need to have audited statements. Um, it's important to establish a bank line of credit. One of the the best time to get a bank line of credit is before you need it. Um, but uh, there's you know a lot that needs to be go into um, positioning yourself uh, correctly to to request a line of credit for a bank. So making sure that your financial statements are in order, that you've got good projections for what your contract backlog and, and some of those different types of things. So those are all really important things for companies to consider. Um, during the developmental stage. Um, each year of the SBA program, as John mentioned, um, there is an annual report um, and that does change. So what what you um, are going to be reporting on during the development stage is going to be different than the transition stage. And so with that, um, I'll turn things back over to John to talk about a couple of key um, key uh, considerations for companies during the transition stage. Perfect. Uh, thanks, Susan. Uh, so, so as Susan mentioned, this is a nine-year program. The transition stage, as she also mentioned, starts in year five. So one through four is at the developmental stage, and year five, we hit a new era for a, a, a company to remain uh, eligible to receive sole source contracts or sole source awards. Um, and that has to do with what are called um, business activity targets because the SBA program, they want the ADA program is, is designed to help graduate you out of an a situation where you're gaining getting sole source contracts that are small to grow your business so that you can uh, operate in the larger government contracting community. Uh, so they want you to uh, start to distinguish the contracts from the sole source AA to the larger ones. And so year one, they require that at least 15% of total revenue is non 8a revenue or it came from the commercial in other words it came from the commercial uh, commercial side or 
another government contracting, uh, another government contract that wasn't part of an 8A program. Um, and then year two, that ratchets up to 25%. Year three, that's 35%. Year four, which is 45%. And then year five is 55%. So by the time you're graduating, potentially in year nine, you're at year five in the transition stage and more than half of your uh, contracts are not 8A contracts. Hey, um, hey, John, I just was thinking about something because this this issue comes up a lot. Um, companies get to a point where they get concerned that maybe they don't meet the these requirements. And, and sometimes that does happen um, in the annual report. If a company has a situation where their revenues are not going to meet those targets, um, that's not an automatic, you know, you get booted out of the program, but you definitely need to be prepared to address, you know, why that's the case and and basically what you're going to do to rectify that, meaning really, you know, what's your plan to focus on uh, growing non-88 revenue. Right, right. Great point. Not an automatic boot out of the out of the program, but certainly they want you to make remedial take remedial steps to to fix that. Great, great point. Um, so during the transition stage, as as eight A companies are uh, trying to diversify away from the eight A contracts, there are certain other uh, activities that they should be going through uh, to help create. Uh, value inside the company to create it, uh, that that growth and, and development that Susan talked about in the developmental stage. We're now trying to strengthen that. And that includes, um, you know, obviously tracking and monitoring the 8A economic requirements and the size standards so that you're fitting underneath those thresholds uh, so that you're not forced out of the 8A program prematurely or if you are on a path to graduate prematurely that you're prepared for that. Um, obviously also we want to uh, acquire key talent to grow the business. And um, this happens in the developmental stage also, but in the transition stage, it's, it's more critical. And to a lot of times developing that key talent means bringing in uh, outside talent. And in this phase, we're especially focused on developing and creating attractive employment uh, plans for these individuals, uh, compensation plans, uh, retirement plans, uh, types of incentives that will bring talent into your company. Um, also want to strengthen those financial ties that Susan was talking about and, and your, the managerial infrastructure inside the company to handle additional growth as it comes. Um, we want to prepare for cost type contracts uh, during the early years, probably doing a lot of fixed price contracts and, and, and then more simple contracts where cost tech has more uh, compliance requirements, a little more complicated. Um, tax reporting also becomes a little more complicated as, as this growth happens because you're likely reporting in more uh, states. Maybe you have some overseas operations as well. And getting that infrastructure set in place is very critical. I'm dealing with a client right now where there are some uh, overseas issues for prior years that weren't handled correctly. And it, it, it takes a lot of work and it's, it's very expensive and potentially you have a liability sitting out there if these aren't handled correctly and you don't have the infrastructure in place during this phase. Um, and then uh, finally, kind of as you're bidding and proposing on these contracts, you're developing uh, hopefully competitive rates. And during this transition uh, stage, you're really learning how to operate in the larger government contracting uh, industry, uh, what those rates look like, how your bids and proposals need to look and, and, and what makes them competitive. 
So, um, so as we, um, you know, as companies work through the transition stage, um, again, uh, really starting, you know, in year five of the program, they really want to be looking towards the future and how to position themselves and really get acclimated to the potential to be, uh, to remain competitive and um, outside of the 8A program but also be set up for success to deal with new regulatory requirements and um, just generally more sophisticated processes and, and uh, requirements. You know, as a small business, there are a number of compliance requirements that are exempt. So for instance, um, uh, cost accounting standards, a small business is exempt from cost accounting standards. Um, the uh, the DOD uh, business system requirements for accounting, estimating, purchasing, EVMS, property, materials management. Um, those are a lot of companies prior to um, being a large business really need to start working on uh, maturing their systems and processes. But once you're not a small business, uh, if you're competing for full and open contracts, you're going to have those types of requirements and so again you don't want to wait till you graduate um, to start thinking about how to ready yourself for those so those are important things for for companies to um, to really focus on and really to plan for post you know what's your post graduation strategy um, over the you know the transition stage you should be reducing your dependence on on any contracts but really at the same time focusing on how to strategically you know, win and secure 8A or small business contract vehicles that will sustain you out past um, your graduation date. And, and some of that is a, you know, a strategy on timing. Um, you, in order to, um, you can bid on a contract as a small business if you are a small business at the time you submit your proposal. And I think as we all know, sometimes the federal government takes a really long time to award contracts and so it could be more than a year and you could have a situation where you bid as a small business just say in january of 2022 but by the time the contract is awarded it could be you know january of 2023 and maybe at that point in time you you aren't a small business but as long as you were at the time you bid it you are still eligible so um you know it's important for companies to look at your contract backlog, all of your small business contracts. When are they going to be up? Um, if you do have the ability to influence um, so that you can position yourself to, to bid on um, these contracts while you're still small, maybe in the last year, um, that will really help sustain you, um, you know, for the, for the, the few years once you are no longer small and no longer in the 8A program because for a lot of companies that's a that can be a really tough transition and so it's important to really be thinking about that again really year year one of the transition stage um, so that you are successful um, you know as you do prepare to graduate um, again your um, your cost structure your proposal pricing um, abilities really need to be matured as you compete for larger opportunities. Um, your ability to manage larger contracts, utilizing more subcontractors is going to be important. Um, but you should also be looking at um, opportunities for you to mentor, you know, other small businesses, other 8A companies to one potentially transition uh, work to, uh, you know, when you're no longer eligible that you can, you know, can be kind of flipped where they're the prime and you could be a sub. 
um, entering into, you know, meta-protege arrangements. Maybe you were in a development stage, you were a protege company, um, but as you prepare to graduate, um, you would be in a position to, to be a mentor in a uh, meta-protege with another small business or uh, an, an, including an 8A company. Um, you know, as your uh, businesses do mature, again, getting ready to prepare for larger teaming arrangements, maturing your business systems, preparing to be subject to full cost accounting standards um, is really going to be important. Um, you know, over the last 20 some years, I've worked with um, literally hundreds of 8A companies and we have lots of companies that have really done well outside of the 8A program. They have successfully graduated, they have competed for full and open, um, they have uh, sold the company to, you know, larger primes or private equity firms. Um, we also have other 8A companies that, uh, you know, have gone on to be very large businesses. Um, uh, so there, there is a lot of opportunity to be successful outside the 8A program. But we also do see a lot of companies that really are not adequately prepared. They they can be really successful in the 8A program, but they're really not set up for success uh, once they graduate. And so, you know, just in summary, the 8A program, as we've talked about, can be a wonderful program to really help a company grow and succeed, but it really does take focused planning and um, and consideration for you know, what are you going to do and how are you going to be successful outside of the program? Um, and that's, you know, a lot of what we help companies with um, throughout the life uh, cycle of the 8A program. Um, and so hopefully this this quick recap of the various things to think about will help, will help 8A companies as they, um, you know, work through each stage of the process. Um, we are certainly available to help you throughout uh, every stage of the 8A process. And and I think, you know, I'll, I'll speak for John and myself. I think um, it's really been just a pleasure working with so many companies um, that, you know, we started when they were very small. Maybe they just had a handful of companies and a handful of employees. And, and now they're, you know, very large, robust um, companies that can compete with uh, you know, outside of the small business program. So um, we will end it with that, John, unless uh, unless there's anything I left out. And um, I think we'll, uh, as with everything, uh, please stay tuned to all of our podcasts. Uh, we try to uh, post information that we think is uh, useful to different companies. Um, so please, uh, subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast now or look check out our website for additional information that can be helpful to you and your business. Thanks Susan.